0: A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of FinSider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen itunes spotify it doesn't matter following helps others find the show and we want to thank you for that now let's talk some dolphins Welcome back to Finsider Radio, where class is in session. Summer school is running down, but we are not done just yet. Thank you all so much for letting us be part of your day. Today is all about Chapter 7, all them rookies. But before we get into that and everything else we want to talk about today, Madden Rankings maybe, I need to bring in my co-host, Joshua Houts. Josh, first and foremost, how the hell is Melvin Ingram rated higher than Emmanuel Agba and Madden? What is this? What, are, what is happening here?
1: I I have no idea. And people get mad at me. Like I'm the one that made the rankings. I have no idea, man. It's just funny because in the beta, he was like a 68. And I think I posted that and people were like, how can Melvin Ingram only be a 68? That's crazy. And I was like, dude, it's just a placeholder. Never did I think he'd be the Dolphins highest rated pass rusher. So um, I, I don't know. I have no answer for that. None whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind here when it comes to something like Madden. It's a lot like the Pro Bowl in the sense of yes, they don't they, matter. <laughs> yeah, you you really you that that's the Spark Notes version. It does not matter. Um, and I think we we're gonna do a full episode where we kind of chat about the depth chart, chat about what Madden thinks about Miami's depth chart, and hey, I think we're gonna give away a copy of Madden. So stay tuned for that in a maybe an episode or two. Uh, but but it's like the Pro Bowl, Josh, in the sense of I think it's like maybe. 70% how talented you are and 30% name recognition. I, th- I think that's really important when you talk about a game like Madden. I think Amari Cooper being a 90 is a perfect point to that. Everyone knows, uh, you know, the the whole spiel around Melvin Ingram is how important he was to that cheese run last year. You know, you kind of ignore what he did in Pittsburgh, but hey, I, I get it based on the name recognition, but, but a little disrespectful to Agba if you ask me.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we can go down the list. There were a couple that were disrespectful. I know Javon Holland being rated 83. Jalen Phillips was like a 76. So uh, as Dolphin fans, you know, there are plenty for us to sit here and nitpick. And um, everyone likes to say, you know, even Tyreek Hill saw is Overall drop a little bit, so it, it just must, must be something with that Dolphins team. Once you get on the Dolphins, you know your rating takes a little bit of a hit. But um Madden aside, Jake, how are you doing? Because I finally got the baby to sleep, and I shit you not, dude, we were getting ready to come on here. I sent you the invite, and I saw the UPS guy coming up to the to the doorbell, and I'm like, oh no! And of course, you rang it, but she slept right through it. So I'm doing good, man. Wish the season would be here, but how the hell have you been?
0: It's 90 degrees. I'm gonna spend the rest of my night later on on a boat. It is officially officially kind of the start of you know the the training camp season as rookies reported to camp and that's why we thought chapter seven of the nursery book club i thought it'd be important and i think you're the one who actually you know decided that it'd be important to throw all the rookies into one podcast we promise not to keep you guys too long but before we get into you know Miami's four draft picks and then a I think like 13 undrafted free agents we're going to try to touch on. I I want to recommend that, hey, this is the time of year where you want to be a step ahead, whether it's in fantasy, whether you have a lot of friends who are Dolphin fans and you want to sound a little more knowledgeable than them. Take, take a couple of days off and, and come to our summer school where we had chapter one. We really broke down Chase Edmonds and what he can do to the offense. Chapter two, Jalen Phillips. Chapter three, Cedric Wilson. Chapter four, Noah Igbenogany. Chapter five, Hunter Long. And chapter six, Jason Sanders. So if you haven't checked out those episodes yet, I highly, highly recommend it because you'll find some interesting nuggets in there. But Josh, let's get into it. Chapter seven, all them rookies. I think it's important that we start, you know, with Miami's first pick, Tyree Kill. No, I'm just kidding. We already did that. But no, his their first overall pick, Channing Tyndall, Josh. So we've had a couple months to stew on this and, and him, you know, kind of be part of what's happening with Miami. So so how do you feel about this pick? And how do you feel about Tyndall's impact going into his rookie season?
1: Yeah, I think immediately when the pick happened, my first reaction was, you know, I'm surprised he was there. I didn't do many mock drafts, you know, didn't really waste much time on those mock draft simulators. But, you know, a lot of those experts, the analysts, you know, you saw different mock drafts. and A lot of them had Channing Tindall going higher than where he did. So I love this pick. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about Matt in a few weeks, but this dude's a 91 speed. And when you watch the tape, I mean, that's exactly what you see. A guy Mm -hmm. that's just all over the place. You know, you have written down here, like a Jerome Baker, and that's probably the best way to, To put it, especially now that we see Jerome Baker, you know, lining up with the edge more rushing the passer. I mean, Channing Tindall can do a little bit of everything. And I think the one thing that he might do a little bit better than Jerome Baker is his ability to drop back in coverage, you know, cover some of those speedy running backs or, you know, maybe a slot wide receiver. I mean, he was lined up on the outside a few times um, there at Georgia, but um, I like this player. You have written down here 67 tackles, seven and a half for loss with five and a half sacks and 15 appearances. Um, And I think the one thing that you have to mention is when you watch the tape, as, as the season progressed, you know, he was kind of one of those players that was a little bit rotational, you know, came into the game here and there, didn't have that high snap count that you'd expect. But as the season progressed, as Alabama was getting deeper into the playoffs, that's when I would believe Chang Tindall was playing some of his best football. So I'm super stoked for this. I mean, I think heading into the season, we both agreed linebacker was one of the Dolphins biggest needs, but um, I love this and I'll let you talk about his ability to spy the quarterback. Cause I think a lot of Dolphin fans get over the moon, excited, you know, thinking about what he could do against Buffalo specifically.
0: Josh, I hate to do this to you, but I got to call you out. You said Alabama, he was actually a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, I was picturing
1: the the (laughs) Georgia-Alabama game because I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but there was one play, I think N'Kobe Dean was in coverage and he ran into Tyndall and he chewed Tyndall's ass out and the very next play against Alabama, he sacked Bryce Young. So that's where the confusion came into play. I'm glad you said that because it was a perfect segue to let me remind everyone, you know, it was just awesome to see Tyndall, you know, had a brain lapse, came back on that very next play and made, you know, arguably one of the the most, the biggest highlights of that uh national championship
0: game yeah you mentioned that he wasn't really a starter but I mean his 67 tackles were the third most on the team Josh this was someone who really made an impact when he was available on the field uh you mentioned his ability to spy the quarterback it, it's strictly sideline to sideline I think he has some very special speed and man it, it really feels like a broken record because I remember saying the same thing about Jerome Baker a couple years back and I think that's Kind of what we're gonna see in his rookie year. We're gonna see those mental lapses where maybe I, I hope it's not guys running into each other, but a couple, you know, plays here there where it's like, all right, you know, you, you were in the wrong spot, you know, you're gonna get your ear chewed off. But that that's part of being a rookie, making those mistakes and, and more importantly, learning from them. And, and I mean, the the scenario used right there just seems so perfect for what he can bring to the table, just as someone who can make a play, Josh. I mean, for years, for years. The Dolphins always had a, a good defensive felt, you know, I remember Paul Solia, Randy Starks, uh, Randy Starks, Randy's, Yeah. Randy Stark or Starks? Randy Starks. The dude that gave the, the sideline the middle finger, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I see. I, I don't know who's Iron Man and who isn't these days. Uh, But, but the issue with those teams, Josh, was they never had that one guy who's going to make a play. You know, I remember it was Channing Crowder. Tom Brady had to throw the ball into his gut for him to make a play with, with Tyndall. I, I feel like it's the exact opposite. This guy, he might not have that consistency of, all right, you know, second down, I I can fill my lane. I can stop the run. And then third down, I can stay on the field and and rush the quarterback. I think, you know, maybe a situational uh, third down guy, maybe down in distance is going to play a big deal. I think the more uh, opponents pass, you'll see Tyndall on the field, but he's a playmaker. And I think that's, what's exciting. It it seems like with a third round pick, a lot of people, you know, you you mentioned it, Josh, we're a little surprised to see him there, but I guess the concern quote unquote is, Hey, he was on a stacked Georgia defense. You know, was he just kind of uh, reaping the rewards of that or, or was there that talent really showcased?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that was one of the things that we discussed on our podcast, you know, when he was first drafted was the fact that that, defense was so talented. I think I remember even calling him what Lightning McQueen, you know, if he was in Twisted metal or something like that. So um, you mentioned him always being around the ball. That's just the way he is. He plays with his hair on fire. I'm excited to see what he can do in this defense. Cause again, I do think he'll have some opportunities, but uh, I don't think Landon Roberts or Sam McWadden or some of those other guys are just going to lay down and, you know, let him take those uh, reps. So I'm excited, Jake. I, is it safe to say though, that maybe he's going, is it safe to assume that he's going to be the Dolphins rookie you know that plays the most snaps or is there someone else that you
0: might have in mind? Ah, yeah, man I love that question because I think that's the key every year you wonder what what's the rookie class going to do where is this impact going to come from and you consider you know first and second round picks uh, gone out the window for Tyree Kill of course not a bad thing but you wonder hey who's going to be the most impactful pick I mean injuries happen throughout the year these guys are going to go see the field and Josh the reason why I might kind of favor Tyndall early on is is I think he's someone who can step in right away and play all the special team snaps. You know, the speed he has, the talent he has, I, I think he's a lock for those snaps. But Josh, one of the biggest questions about the Miami Dolphins is who's going to be returning kicks. And if we're talking special teams, I think Eric, I think Eric Azukoma has a shot to be Miami's kick returner. And all of a sudden my, my thought process of, hey, special teams uh, snaps is going to put Tyndall ahead might be right out the window.
1: Yeah. And you brought that up on the last podcast and that was actually really smart thinking. I, you know, once I was recording it, thought, you know, I should have said Limbo Bowden junior, right? I mean, I should have thrown him out there for returning kicks, but Eric Ezukoma, man. I mean, uh, again, I don't know that I thought the dolphins absolutely needed a receiver, you know, this early in the draft, especially when they went out there and, you know, they signed Cedric Wilson. They traded all those picks for Tyree kill. I mean, as a is a different style player though. Right. I mean, he's big, he's physical. And um, I, I love that you think that he could pro- potentially, you know, return kicks. Cause I do think that's a way to get him out there on the field. I mean uh, I think you and I both agree, you know, this might be that guy that eventually takes that role of Cedric Wilson or one of those other guys, but um, if he can get out there on kick returns, and then, you know, also become a factor in the passing game, which I know we all sat there and see, you know, the different hype videos from all these players, but he's out there running routes. I think whoever was training him said that this guy's going to be one of the best route runners, all of football, and then you think, you know, you're coupling him now with um, Wes Welker, who was one of the greatest route runners in all of football. So um, I'm definitely excited. But I mean, I've been excited about so many wide receivers in the past, man. I mean, you talk about Preston Williams all the time. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, trying to hype myself up about Leonte Carew. So I'm not saying <laughs> this is Leonte Carew, but I mean, we've all been there before. Larson right? so, Moore, Roberto yeah. Wallace. Oh, my God. Clyde man. Gates, Wasn't baby. Jul- Julius Pruitt was one of them, like a practice squad. Oh, my God. We're Legadoon going down. A right? And uh, who was? wait that oh was you know the, who you I know was gonna say that That yeah okay that that was the guy I, okay that was uh, Omar's dude right like a dude in, okay oh man Omar so. Kelly man like a dude today is the receiver on the
0: roster see it's one thing like like when you produce content like it's one thing to kind of have takes and stand by them but to go so far out there and exaggerate it so much I think that's where we get a kick out of it uh but back to Ezukoma real quick Josh what uh, Texas Tech is where he went to college. He broke his arm during the 2021 spring practices, uh, returned and earned second team all-conference accolades and led the Red Raiders in receiving. This dude was a team captain. Josh, you mentioned that working with Wes Welker and the route running, that from what I saw might've been his biggest weakness in college was that route one running, just kind of uh, refining, defining uh, the, those routes, You know, turning at that uh, screw position, all the different things that make a receiver kind of Uh, get away from the you know the defenders get away from the linebacker get that extra step of quickness is where he struggled but because of his big frame josh and it's so weird that we're talking about this as a slot i think he could still have that impact that we you know we saw from a cedric wilson
1: yeah another thing i want to make sure i touch on is uh, the way texas tech used him i mean you saw him doing a lot of that pre-snap you know some of those misdirections and jet sweep type action you know early on before prior to the snap. So, I mean, this is a guy who I wrote down, you know, he's a playmaker with the ball in the hands. You see him bullying people, but I don't want people to get confused with that being uh, Debo Samuel or anything like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the way they use him at Texas Tech, you know, it almost felt the same way the Dolphins use Jalen Waddle, or, they you know, the way that Kansas City, when you watch tape, kind of used Tyree Kill with a lot of that pre-snap stuff. So, um, again, I just picture Mike McDaniel, you know, sitting there, just the happiest little kid who just stole his mom's muck car, uh, credit card to buy a, a, the Madden ultimate team. And he's just trying to figure out a way he's going to utilize all these guys. So um, I, I hate saying sky's the limit, Jake, but I do think, you know, sky's the limit. And Azukoma it could be one of those receivers, you know, that Dolphin fans are super, you know, he, he's could be one of the, the NFL's. I'm not going to say next great receivers. I'm, I'm just going to fade off. Uh, I'll figure something out.
0: <laughs> Josh, you mentioned his ability in the running game. 10 uh, rushes, 138 yards, two rushing touchdowns. And that's kind of what makes you excited, right? The Mike McDaniel offense isn't, it's kind of weird, Josh. We're talking about this guy lining up as a slot receiver, but those are where the mismatches are. You're used to the slot cornerback uh, being that quick twitch type of guy. This is the exact opposite. And Azukoma, someone who can kind of just body him out of the way, maybe flick him away, uh, just completely out of the play. Uh, also, Josh, I don't know if we mentioned this uh, was first team, all big 12 last season and, with his six touchdowns, that's the most since Michael Crabtree in 2008. And in a weird way, Josh, I kind of see those play styles being similar, even though Michael Crabtree back then was a boundary receiver. Right. But I just think how the games developed and, and the, you know, the swinging back and forth of the chess match of trying to exploit weaknesses. I, I think you could see Crabtree kind of playing that same role if this was, you know, 15 years later that we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you brought up Crabtree. I, I definitely had a Photoshop, I think, of him in a Dolphins uniform, probably when he was coming out in the draft. Same, I, I pulled up a quick uh, quick quote on um, me. He says, I'm a versatile guy. I feel like I can fit in right where Jalen Waddle, the way he can take the ball out of the backfield as well as a deep threat down the field, but also just a versatile guy with rack ability and yak ability yards after contact, or run after the catch. You can put me anywhere on the field, and I feel like I can help the team in any situation. He did say a lot of his contact with the Dolphins went through Wes Welker, and we have to make sure we know, Jake, at the Combine, or was it one of the meetings? Yeah, throughout the pro- at the Combine, he was given that Dolphins hat, and I think you and I both uh, went spin zone and said that was why Chris Greer wasn't wearing a hat that day. So um yep. hearing that versatile thing, I mean, I wish I pulled it up sooner because that's, I mean, everything you want to hear, right? I mean, crazy.
0: I wouldn't say that, you know, we can expect him to come out there and be a starter, but I think it's going to be fun to watch the impact, you know, maybe 25 to 30% of the team snaps this year. I think he'll be a really exciting player and someone, you just kind of see him line up on the field. And I think your eyes will kind of go to him kind of like Devonte Parker for a few years, just in the sense of, you know, you, you know, the Jarvis Landry style, you knew the Kenny still style, but, but just Devonte Parker, they tried to move him around and, and be that difference maker. And I'm excited to see what as can do there, Josh, outside of the third four, third round pick the fourth round pick two seventh round picks and you know we're going to say some good things but it's important to note here as we get into training camp players are going to make plays but it's important to remember these players were drafted where they're drafted for a specific reason so cabron good josh linebacker from california nine tackles for a loss seven and a half sacks very very high energy guy i thought a cool note was that his dad was drafted by the falcons in the fifth round and it seems clear to me man that the Dolphins are looking for outside linebackers. You have Jerome Baker, but outside of that, I, I don't think you're really sold on Jerome Baker. You're not sold on Duke Riley. These other guy, sorry, by uh, Jerome Baker, I meant Andrew Van Ginkle there. I don't know how I messed that up, but I apologize. Uh, Duke Riley, all these guys, you, they don't have that solidified starting group as outside linebackers. So you can see that this is a situation where they're starting to take some shots.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the last podcast I sat there and joked, you know, you can't spell Cameron Wake without Cameron or can't spell Cameron Wake is good without Cameron Good. So um, he does. He did talk, Jake, about his versatility, said he played in a three, four, uh, felt like he got his pass rush better. And I think that's kind of what you see when you watch the tape. I mean, he's relentless at times the way he can, you know, hit a spin move, but also just bully the pass rusher. So. Um, he's also pretty good at setting the edge. So I think he can do everything good, but nothing elite. And, um, there was very much pun intended there, but again, this is the Dolphins, you know, they love these versatile players. It's never one guy, you know, above the team. So I'm excited to see where he comes in here and performs. And I love that you brought up that his dad was drafted by the Falcons. Cause I truly had no idea. He did mention that one of his favorite pre-draft visits were with the Dolphins for whatever.
2: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay.
1: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
2: For that's worth. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: And so I think the weakness with him uh, is the difference between playing in a four, three to three, four, when you're a three, four outside linebacker, you kind of got to set the edge. You got to be a little bit of a bigger body Uh, good in terms of his, uh, you know, body. It's more in terms of NFL athlete average. I'm not trying to say he's, he's bigger, stronger, faster than us 10 times over, but, but in terms of NFL level, he's about average. So you're hoping that high energy can be the difference maker. Cough, cough. Cameron Wake, what a great comparison. Uh, <laughs> definitely not saying he's going to have that career, but that's where the weakness is. I think if the Dolphins can incorporate him to be that four-three, maybe defensive end, more likely where he's someone who they're more focused on him getting to the passer instead of maybe being washed out by a tackler or guard on a run play. I think that's where we could see him. But Josh, to me, this this kind of looks like a practice squad player who might get some opportunities if if you know a couple injuries, which you know are, are likely bound to happen, sadly.
1: Yeah, unless he goes out there and you know just sets the world on fire in camp. I mean, you mentioned that he's not the next Cam Wake, but you're not saying he's not not the next Cam Wake, right? So there's there's a chance, right? Um it's speaking of speaking of practice squad players, Jake, maybe I'm, you know, already jumping the gun here, but that's kind of where I see this next guy fall. On. The yep. Dolphins did draft a quarterback. I think you know, I don't want to say we're surprised. I think we all kind of thought that, you know, it's smart football to draft a quarterback every year. It was one of my biggest issues with the Dolphins when they went through Tannehill, right? They brought in what mm-hmm. Brandon Dowdy was the only competition. So uh, got to remind everybody that he's 25 years old, started 10 games last year. Uh, you know he doesn't I mean I watched some tape on him his accuracy is okay you know his arm strength's okay but I think the thing that really stuck out and that both Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel managed to you know continue to harp on was he's a baller you know a gamer with the lights are the biggest he went out there and made enough plays you know you have written down here Texas Bowl MVP honors so um he can win games you know he showed that throughout college but for me, this was just the Dolphins, you know, trying to find a backup quarterback, you know, maybe Skylar Thompson's to a of a lows as backup quarterback, you know, for the, for the duration of his career. But um, another thing I want to throw out there, Jake, is say an injury happens in camp. Would a team call for Teddy Bridgewater? Because that might be one way that Skylar Thompson gets on this roster is if, you know, Uh, injury to a quarterback happens with another team and teddy bridgewater is a starter in the league you know maybe a team gets desperate and calls and next thing you know skylar thompson's the number two quarterback what are your thoughts on skylar thompson and you know me going crazy spin zone and thinking there could be a teddy bridgewater uh you know trade value
0: that's interesting josh i guess my only concern i think it was reported today which i think it's weird because i think all this has been going on for maybe even close to a year uh jimmy g i guess uh the 49ers are allowing his agents to kind of put together a deal elsewhere. So I think he might be the first to go, but, but that's an interesting point, Josh. And you mentioned the accuracy, you, you mentioned his ability to pass the football 12 touchdowns to four interceptions. And as a backup quarterback, I think that's all you can ask for, right? He's not someone who's going to go out there and and make some silly mistakes. Um, I think he's someone who, Hey, maybe a couple of years under Mike McDaniel uh, can become that guy, maybe not as a starter, but you need him for two starts. He can kind of be your guy. Uh, the way the way you described it, man, I kind of felt that Jibby G in San Francisco field, just someone you can kind of set up plays for him. He doesn't have to throw it into these, you know, very tight windows and he can just kind of let the let the offense, you know, kind of roll and just him put it on autopilot.
1: I, I don't hate the pick, but again, I thought maybe the Dolphins, I think Carson Strong might have still been on the board and some of those other guys. So I don't know if he was my favorite quarterback at the time, but I, I can't say I hate this
0: pick. So that wraps it up. Four draft picks, not a lot to go through. And and before we get into the undrafted guys, Josh, I, I do want to make a couple notes here because I think the practice squad is so so important. NFL teams in 2022 are going to have 16 players on the practice squad. Uh, that went up from 14 during the pandemic. Ten of the 16 players can have no more than two accrued seasons. The other six players don't have any limitations, which means veterans can be on the practice squad. Uh, players can be elevated up to three times during the year, which is one more game than it was last season. So Josh, there's some opportunity here to kind of quote unquote stash some guys. I think you can protect two guys a week as well. That, that can't be signed to another team's active roster. Uh, which one of those four, Josh, do you seek maybe avoiding the practice squad the most? Which one, you know, let, let, let's say all four of them are on the table. Which one plays the most for the Dolphins this year?
1: I, I hate to be the cop out, Jake, but I think it's going to be Tindall again. I think, you know, he's going to have those opportunities um, and I think, you know, his versatility and again, the spying of the quarterback. I don't know how the Dolphins are going to get creative with that, but I think he has that speed where, you know, you can have him out there against a Baltimore, against a Buffalo and hope that he can at least contain, you know, some of those prolific quarterbacks. So I'm going to go with Channing Tyndall. Again, that's a cop out. What are your thoughts?
0: I think Tyndall makes a lot of sense. You know, defense is is a lot harder to play. I think you're going to get some injuries there. I think there's going to be opportunities there. But Ezukoma, man, as a kick returner, I think that's a big possibility. And and I can't wait to see. I mean, you do need five wide receivers in today's NFL, and I think he can squeeze up there. I'm interested, especially as training camp gets going, him versus Preston Williams, man. I'm very excited to see how that goes, because I think those two guys are fighting for the same exact position.
1: Yeah, it's worth noting. I mean, you mentioned Ezukoma being that guy. He would say in his interview, you know, after the draft that he, you know, was a front man on that kickoff. So he's a gunner. He does a little bit of everything on special teams. So if he's not returning kicks, you know, he might still be out there. So um, it might become, we might come down to, you know, schematics or like one or two snaps here and there. So we'll keep an eye on that. But, um, The Dolphins have 13 undrafted free agents, Jake. You mentioned shout out to Brian Cat NFL. He went through and, you know, broke down some of the signing bonuses, which let's be honest, if you follow the money, that's kind of where you can see who the Dolphins may end up keeping on the roster or, you know, hanging around. So I don't know if
0: you want to dive into all these, Jake. Um, You tell me where you want to start here. I thought it was interesting, Josh, one trend I saw. And uh, before I get into it, though, I, I want to note that you can bring 90 guys to camp. At that number, you got to get to your 53 man roster and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that there was only one cut date now before, you know, they'd kind of milk it in the sense of there'd be a cut down to 75. And then I think there'd be a second cut or maybe 83, 75 and 53. I think there was like three cuts or something like that. I remember writing a lot of stories about that, but now it's only from 90 all the way down to 53. So it's a little bananas there. Um, uh, the one trend I noticed, Josh, these are 13 signings. The Dolphins announced there are going to be more guys at camp, uh, but a lot of these names are worth mentioning. Um, five guys, Josh, were five-year lettermen: Owen Carney, Ty Clary, Tanner Conner, Braylon Sanders and Ben style. So I thought that was interesting right away that much like Miami's two seventh round picks that are both 25 years old, they're going for guys who are a little more mature that might not have the ceiling, but the floor might be a little more obvious than you'd expect from, you know, a 20 year, one year old who just switched to left tackle and had a decent first year. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. They're look. They're, they're, they clearly have, you know, a style of player that they want to target and they're going out there and getting them. Um, the first guy you've written down here, man, offensive lineman, blaze Andrews and what a name Andrews. Is that, is that correct? I I say, yeah, sure. That works for me. Senior 2021, he earned first team, all Big Ten honors, starting nine games at right guard, three at left tackle, one at right tackle. So, uh, signed a $57,000 signing bonus. So, I mean, right there, I mean, you hear the versatility. And this is a guy that, you know, a lot of, again, experts and analysts thought highly of. I joke, the reason he stood out to me is because he looks straight up like meatloaf. Did you see a picture of this man? He looks... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly like meatloaf, so um, I think Merrick Brave made a meme, you know, I'll do anything for love, but for a roster spot or something like that. So I'm I'm all for it, but um,
0: yeah, he 100% looks like meatloaf. You mentioned his $53,000 signing bonus, and just for a little bit of a comparison, Brian noted that the biggest signing bonus he remembered was Robert Jones last year, he got a hundred thousand dollars as a bonus, and he made the team as a guard. The biggest signing bonus the uh, the Dolphins gave out this year, offensive lineman Kellen dice a two-year starter at Arizona State after spending four years at Texas A&M. $140,000, Josh, in that signing bonus. And I think it's clear, man, they're, they're still looking for those interior linemen, those guys who can kind of step in and be a guard right away. That's kind of what I'm picking up here. Out of the 13 players, three offensive linemen, two cornerback, two defensive linemen. Josh, let, let's kind of keep jumping through these. Uh, another big signing bonus Cater, wow, Kahoo. C- I I don't know that name's badass as hell. Darth Cater, let's do this. Man. Darth, <laughs> Darth Cater, god, oh my god, I we were struggling pronouncing his last name. So, Darth, so, he was named the Lone Star Conference Defensive Back of the Year as a senior in 2021. A hundred and thirty thousand dollars, Josh, as a signing bonus. Man, that kind of sticks out to be right there that the team is kind of snooping around around some cornerbacks you know what Josh Boyer does in developing that secondary I'm a little excited to see this especially you kind of consider what happened with Nick Needham it's a little concerning if you're someone like Noah Igbinoghi, but hey sign me up man Darth Cater let, let, let's send it in
1: yeah let's send it in you mentioned Deesh I mean he was one of my favorite uh you know I did in my film breakdown or wait to really look he and Zaquandre White were my two you know Acorns that stuck up most, so I may as well stay here and talk about Zacandre White as a senior in 2021. He played 12 games with six starts, totaling 88 carries for 583 yards. That was 6.6 yards per carry and two touchdowns. He also cost 19 also caught 19 passes and our good friend rob profit huge south carolina fan you know talked about how this guy will do anything to you know make the football team you know it sounds like he's a player that you want in your locker room again i don't know what type of role we'll have this year we know the dolphins have a loaded running back room but zikandre white's a guy that i think that he's going to stick around and whether that's on the practice squad he might even beat out doke so uh, i had to make sure i threw him out there and kellen Deesh, i mean that's another one man uh, you mentioned him i absolutely adore him Uh, What are your thoughts on safety of Ron McKinley? I mean, he's a guy three year starter at Oregon, first team All-American, all Pac-12 honors, and he signed $85,000 signing bonus. And most importantly, he's also Javon Holland's best friend. So now we got them two ducks. Um, What were your thoughts
0: on him? I think there's an opportunity, especially you consider Jason McCourty retiring. Um, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, and the snowman outside of that, man, there, there's an open spot here for McKinley. So I'm interested to see what he can do that, that $85,000 signing bonus, both him and, and white man, I think it's scream practice squad. And, and to kind of circle back to white for a quick moment, it, it screams Silvan Ahmed to me, man, people get hurt. I i don't know how many times I said that, I'm sorry, but but I could see like a, a Chase Edmonds, you know, missing a couple of weeks here or there. It might coincide with Sony Michelle missing a week or two. All of a sudden, White hops up and, and you know has 10 carries for 50 yards or something like that. So so I'm interested, those two guys, uh McKinley and, and White, I could see really being guys who maybe week two or three of the preseason kind of, you know, step out a little bit. And all of a sudden we see them on the practice squad and maybe even a little bit of excitement come a Sunday morning when they're announced uh, as, you know, call-ups. I love the way that sounds. Some other names, Jake.
1: Tight end Tanner Connor played 47 career games. I mean, don't know about you, man, but I don't know that the Dolphins are gonna keep another tight end around. You know, this might be another guy that makes a practice squad if he impresses. Um, and then one thing that really, you know, I kind of caught me off guard I saw someone saying about how Thomas More said this season has to earn his roster spot, you know, battle in camp. I didn't even realize the Dolphins signed a punter. So mm-hmm. Tommy Heather Heatherly, is that his name? Heatherly. Yeah. Earned first team all-conference USA honors, uh, punted 73 times. Do you think there's any chance the Dolphins keep Heatherly over, you know, Thomas Morstead, who literally reached out to the Dolphins, is literally, you know, one of the best punters in the entire universe? Do we really think that they're going to keep this undrafted acorn over him?
0: You mentioned that he reached out to the Dolphins and that's kind of where the concern is that you know teams weren't reaching out to him. Maybe he wanted to come to Miami, sure, but but I'd say it's a competition, man. I I think all hands on deck. I, I'm interested to see this is average punt forty seven point four yards. I, I'm excited, man. I think there might be a punter battle on our hands. Not
1: my Thomas Said Morstead is going to punt his ass right out of the picture. There no, <laughs> nice. There, there ain't no way. Um, another name, wide receiver, Braylon Sanders, five-year letterman for Mississippi, played in 46 games. Again, a loaded receiving core, man. I mean, is there any chance that Braylon Sanders is, you know, even on the practice squad? I mean, you're looking at Dolphins roster right now, man. You know, we can even name receivers that, you know, are probably not going to make this, you know, um, 53-man roster. So to hear that Braylon Sanders might, you know, steal roster spot, I don't believe that. But again, this is what the NFL is all about. Right. I mean, how many teams every year have these undrafted guys have these acorns, you know, the -hmm. the great underdog story that just work their ass off and do great things. So uh, I'm sitting here, you know, kind of throwing shade at some of these guys. But, you know, more power to them. They're on the Dolphins. You know, they're going out there busting their ass. So we'll be rooting for all these acorns throughout camp.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of, Josh, we both got onto Twitter originally because of training camp, right? Just hearing the beat reporters talk about these guys. And we try to kind of brussel through that path and figure out how they make that active roster. So that's what I'm excited about, man. We, we mentioned some of the names, there's going to be a lot more names. And my final note here is just don't get overexcited about these guys. You're going to hear almost every name, everyone in the NFL, everyone who makes these training camps are incredibly, incredibly talented. Uh, so keep that in mind. Don't go, you know, overboard talking about one guy or another, especially if they're undrafted. I-, I can't wait to see that progression. I'm very excited to see it. And Josh, you are on top of everything from Madden grades to uh little acorns who are showing up to camp to Hey, whatever happens next week as they get on the field. So be sure to follow Josh on Twitter at H-A-U-T-Z. I can be found at jaymendel 94. And most importantly, if you're enjoying the show, hit that subscribe button button and if you have a couple minutes please 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 leave a review that helps others find the show and we greatly greatly appreciate it chapter seven josh is in the books the clock is ticking down we have four minutes left do we do, do we want to let the listeners guess on our final chapter chapter eight i mean i mean it seems kind of obvious but but should we let them know tell them
1: tell them who it is i can't i'm, I'm too excited you're too excited i'm too excited yes there I it is yeah yeah so we chapter thought a perfect way Chapter 8, QB1, Tua Valoa. Hopefully, uh, what, we're thinking early next week, maybe later this week, uh, but we are going to dive into Tua Valoa and tell the entire world why he is going to be the Miami Dolphins' starting quarterback for the next, what, 20 20 years, Jake? Let's be
0: safe, say 30. 30. Most most doubt 30. (laughs) (laughs) But that is all the time we have. We're so excited to be talking about Tua moving forward. Be on the lookout for some Madden rankings thoughts where you can also – Cop a free copy of Madden 2 on release date, so keep us in mind for that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been FinSider Radio and above all else, Finza. Up. Finza. Up?
2: That was FinSider Radio, part of the Finnsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami the dolphins, the greatest football team.